What are the key driving forces that will shape the long-term future of cybersecurity? From over 1,300 cities and 130 countries, we bring you the Good Morning Africa podcast. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse on everything business in Africa. I am Ritha Dong. For more, follow us on Twitter at the Care Financial News, and you can find me at Ritha Dong. A proliferation of inexpensive tools available to cyber criminals advances in value transfer and identification, supply chain frictions and fractures in global internet governance means that by 2030, the landscape of digital security will once again be radically transformed. In this episode, we feature excerpts from Cybersecurity Features 2030, where Anne Cleveland, Executive Director of UC Berkeley Center for Long-Term Cybersecurity, speaks about key driving forces that will shape the long-term future of cybersecurity. When people imagine the future, we have a hard time imagining anything except a simple extrapolation of the present or complete disaster. So we use scenarios, plausible narratives about how the future could evolve. Scenarios are a useful tool for strategic planning because they look at the interplay of different variables that will drive how the future can be shaped. And of course, we focus on cybersecurity, but scenarios recognize that technology doesn't exist in a vacuum. So we also look at driving forces like climate change, the political and economic environment, military conflict, or cultural change, things that will create the headwinds and tailwinds that will shape the landscape for the future of cybersecurity. What could we be doing to lead the way to improved AI safety and security? What new institutions will be needed? How can we help nations that are in earlier stages of digitalization. These questions are at the heart of Cybersecurity Futures 2030. Any number of geopolitical events, technology breakthroughs, or other shocks can and will happen between now and 2030. And when they do, they'll feel like a surprise, unless we're prepared with insights that are robust across scenarios. From workshops around the world, we've developed three insights that we think should be on the agenda of CEOs and government leaders as you prepare for the cybersecurity landscape of 2030. These insights are the three T's, trust, tempo, and talent. Let's start with trust. A key finding is that the future security landscape of 2030 will depend on the ability of societies to match the speed of trust with the speed of innovation. Now, what do I mean by that? We've already seen how the spread of false information online, whether intentional or not, can undermine the fabric of our society. The online spread of myths and disinformation is now a core cybersecurity concern. Cybersecurity will be less about protecting the confidentiality of information and more about protecting its integrity and its provenance. There are major upsides for those who get the trust equation right. Governments and companies that are able to follow through on long-term cybersecurity strategies will have advantages in attracting talent and business in seizing leadership opportunities in multilateral standard-setting processes, and in developing the capacities to thwart disinformation campaigns. The second insight concerns tempo. This is the pace and scale of digitalization, or the rate at which people go online and use digital products and services. As of today, there are approximately 5.3 billion people online, and that number is set to surge in the next five years. But we don't know how fast it will go, or how it will play out differently in different regions. The pace and scale of digitalization will be as important to the landscape for security in 2030 as any capabilities of new technologies. Why? Because with that many more people and devices online, 
the attack surface grows exponentially. There are more devices online. There are that many more people online exposed to social engineering and other kinds of attacks. What can we do about this? We believe there is a window of opportunity in the next decade for governments to implement secure by design standards and principles, the kinds of built-in protections that are often lacking in digital products and services today. The third and last insight is about talent. People often think of cybersecurity as a niche technical subject, but cybersecurity is really about the intersections of humans and technology. We are, in the end of the day, we are going to need humans with all different kinds of expertise to lead the way to a secure future. This will not happen on its own. The global battle for cybersecurity talent is intensifying. We need transformative investment in cybersecurity talent and training to keep this from becoming a zero-sum game. There are plenty of approaches for this. In one example, universities and colleges around the world are launching cybersecurity clinics. Students get hands-on experience defending real-world organizations in their communities from cyber attack. These are the kinds of innovative approaches that we will need if we're going to turn a headline like this. And a quick look at the market. The market segment is powered by the Development Bank of Rwanda. We empower you. The Johannesburg Stock Exchange or Share Index was slightly down around 73,315 on Monday as traders awaited key economic data and speeches from several Federal Reserve officials during the week. At the same time, earnings reports continue to be monitored domestically. Investors are now directing their attention towards the upcoming annual budget presentation scheduled for February 21st. President Cyril Ramaphosa's State of the Nation address last week offered limited insights into his plans for addressing major challenges like power cuts, prompting this change in focus. Uganda's central bank raised 1.3 trillion Uganda shillings, about $339 million, in a rare private placement treasury bond auction against a target of 1.5 trillion Uganda shillings. The private placement bond auction was the first since June of 2022. The bank typically sells government bonds monthly through open auctions, but in 2020, it began selling some bonds using private placements, where it invites only specific banks to take part in the offer as opposed to customary open auctions. In the week's auction, Three-year, five-year and 10-year, 15-year and 20-year treasury bonds were on offer and the central bank received bids worth 2.3 trillion shillings. The debt notes are due to mature at various dates between 2026 and 2043. Eight banks were invited to participate in the auction, including local units of Global Lenders, Standard Bank, Standard Chartered, Citibank and APSA. And a quick trip around Africa, the inflation rate in Senegal accelerated 2.1% in January of 2024 from an over two-year low of 0.8% in the previous month, marking the highest reading in three periods. Main upward pressure came from sharp rise in the cost of food and non-alcoholic beverages. At the same time, inflation went up for alcoholic beverages and tobacco, clothing and footwear and health. Conversely, prices declined for housing and utilities, while it slowed broadly for transport. On a monthly basis, the CPI fell 0.5%, moderating from a 1.2% drop in December. Egypt's largest private lender, Commercial International Bank, is looking to expand operations in Kenya in a bid to tap into the growing trade between Kenyan enterprises and the North African state. The lender has announced plans to grow its Kenyan footprint through solutions targeted to its businesses and cross-border trade. With Kenya and several countries in the continent and other regions facing a dollar shortage, the lender is looking at this as an opportunity to enable cross-border trade between Kenya and Egypt with little demand for the dollar. 
both Egypt and Kenya have in the past been grappling with a shortage of US dollars, which has heightened inflationary pressures and strained their economies impacting trade. This has forced the two countries last year to explore alternative trade arrangements such as barter systems to sustain vital trade relations. The African Development Bank Group has announced a follow-up equity investment of $15 million in the Trade and Development Bank's group in the pioneering Class C Green Plus shares to support clean technology and low-carbon projects in its member states. The CTF will also support the establishment of a project preparation facility to boost investment in clean technologies. The CTF, part of the Climate Investment Funds, provides resources to developing countries to scale up low-carbon technologies with significant potential for long-term greenhouse gas emission savings. TDB, or the Trade and Development Bank, launched the unique thematic equity instruments just over a year ago. During COP27, the African Development Bank greeted the announcement with an initial investment of $15 million. Class C Green Plus shares enable the Trade Development Bank Group to leverage funds four times to support qualifying climate and SDG-aligned public and investor sector transactions. These investments will support the Trade Development Bank Group's efforts to advance climate action and sustainable development goals in its member states, driving considerable long-term greenhouse gas emission savings. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K-Financial. If you have suggestions or you want to check out more stories, visit the website. That's thekfinancial.com. And don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the K-Financial. And you can find me at Bithadome.